and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran. But the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first. And he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Happy Easter. In a particular way, as we begin this Easter Sunday, I want to welcome all of you who are visitors from out of town, maybe visiting family or friends. In a very particular way, those of you who are members here at Cathedral or those of you who maybe are just here because grandma made you come. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Today we celebrate the Lord's resurrection from the dead, which is the most amazing thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. The most amazing thing that happened in the history of the world, that there is a man who rose from the dead And why is that so important? Because it is the center of our Christian faith. If our Lord had simply died on the cross for us and this religion evolved out of that, that there is God became man and then he died and that was it, we'd all be walking around like just proclaiming this gospel of my life is supposed to be horrible and I'm supposed to die. But instead, what's been revealed to us, what's been recorded, is that God became man, suffered everything that we suffer, was put to death, and then on the third day rose again from the dead. Which means that that is what we all are called to. Every single one of us will one day rise from the dead. Every single week when we pray the creed, we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. 
And so today we look forward to what we all will experience one day. St. Paul talks about that in the second reading. He says, think of what is above, not of what is on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ your life appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. It's the most exciting thing going on in our lives, that one day we'll rise from the dead. But so many of us have a hard time really believing that. We have a hard time really believing that. Surely many of you, as I've been saying over and over again, we're going to rise from the dead. You're sitting there going, uh, really? I know it's a central tenet of our faith, but I'm not quite sure that's actually going to happen. But even the disciples who followed Jesus didn't understand that Jesus would rise from the dead. It says in the gospel reading. One of the things I love about this gospel reading is that it points out that the first person to discover that Jesus had risen from the dead was Mary Magdalene. The second person to discover this truth was the disciple whom Jesus loved, who arrived at the tomb first and then waited for Peter, who is slower, probably fatter. What's interesting is that on Good Friday, when we heard the reading of the Lord's Passion, there were only two followers of Jesus at the cross, along with Jesus' mother. And those two people who were at the foot of the cross when Jesus died were Mary Magdalene and John, the beloved disciple. And so the question is, why were they at the foot of the cross and nobody else? But I think it's precisely because they understood in a deeper way what our Lord had done for them. The day before, on Holy Thursday, in the readings, as Jesus is washing the feet of his disciples, he says to them, do you realize what I've done for you? Do you realize what I've done for you? Not simply that, do you realize that I'm washing your smelly feet today? But do you realize everything I've done for you? Do you realize everything about my life was for you? Do you realize that there was one day that I got into a boat with a sinner and I preached the gospel to a bunch of people and then I said, follow me. And you said, no, Lord, I'm too, busy. I'm too much of a sinner. I can't possibly follow you. And I said, no, really, you follow me. And then you started to follow me. Do you realize that as you were following me and all these people came and you thought, oh my gosh, there's too many people. We can't feed them all. We need to send them away. And I said, no, you feed these people. And then you actually did. Do you realize what I've done for you? Do you realize what I've done for you when I led you up this mountain and I was transfigured before you and you saw me in my glory? 
Do you realize what I've done for you? And really, it's John and Mary Magdalene who, more than anyone else, seem to realize what Jesus has done for them. Mary Magdalene, tradition says, was that woman who was caught in the very act of committing adultery, was dragged into the streets, everybody wanted to kill her. And only our Lord sort of bent down to write in the sand so that he could look up into her eyes and convey to her that he loved her. Our Lord had saved her from a life of shame, from a life of darkness. She had already begun to live resurrected life. And John, for his part, is known as the beloved disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. Did Jesus love John more than the others? Probably not. Did John understand Jesus' love better than the others? Probably. He knew what our Lord had done for him. And so he runs faster to the tomb. And so on this Easter Sunday, that is a question for us all to ask ourselves, is do we realize what our Lord has done for us? That our Lord gave his life on the cross so that we could live so that we could live resurrected life. And that doesn't just have to be something we wait for at the end of time. Because our Lord calls us to live resurrected life now. He calls us out of darkness now. Like he did Mary Magdalene. And so many people today in our culture, we struggle to live a life of joy. We struggle to believe that it's possible that we could be that happy or that joyful. We struggle to be excited about things that are really exciting. Do you know that Jesus died for you so that you could live forever? Uh, Yeah, I heard that before. We kind of live in a culture of boredom that's always looking for something really super big and exciting. And we miss out on the most exciting thing. We miss out on the fact that our Lord wants to heal us now. That our Lord wants to give us life now. That our Lord wants us to have joy now. I know in my own life that I'd hit this roadblock in my priesthood about year seven. And there were many days that I didn't get excited about anything. It was sort of just living this kind of existence, wanting to believe everything was true, but not really sure that it was possible. And one day I went into the chapel and I said, Jesus, help me to learn to love you like I once knew how to love you when I was a child. And then our Lord started to reveal himself to me in a more profound way. 
And little by little by little, I came to realize what he had done for me. I came to realize that he did in fact create me for joy and to be happy and to live a bountiful life now. Not merely to sort of go through the motions until I die with the hope that I might rise again, if all that's true. That is what our Lord offers to you today. And so as we renew our baptismal promises, I invite you all to really enter into that renewal to fervently reject Satan and all his works and all his empty show. And once again, renew your faith in Christ because of everything that he's done for you. Because he gave his life that you might live. And I'd invite you, if you are one of those people who kind of struggles with, is this all really true? To just say that same simple prayer, Lord, help me to love you like a child would love you. Help me to believe in you like a child would believe in you. Help me to trust in you like a child would trust in you. And see what kind of amazing things that Jesus has in store for you. Ask him to reveal to you that he has called you out of darkness into the light and the love and the mercy and the grace that pours out from his side on the cross. Let us pray that we all experience that continual renewal and conversion. That we all be witnesses to resurrected life beginning now, until that resurrection, that promise of the resurrection comes to its fulfillment at the end of time.